This week on the Pushful Legs podcast, we are the first of our two-parter over the next two weeks. We were joined by Mr. Tony Gentlecourt. Having such a great coach on the show, we have split our chat into part one, training and assessments, all about Tony. And I guess you have to wait till next week to find out what else we chatted about. Yes, Star Wars Rogue One wasn't something. Alright, three, two, one, let's review Rogue One. Hey guys, welcome to the Push Pull Legs podcast with myself, Dami. And with me, Tom Hall. And we have a guest and with us. And this is Tony Gentlecourt. There I'm we go. introduce myself. <laughs> Straight in. <laughs> nice there. Cool. So we have a guest on this week. Um, we have Tony Gentlecourt, who has kindly uh, come on to our little show. Um, thank you very much for coming on, Tony. Oh, my pleasure to come on. I'm always game to talk shop, especially with... Uh, two chats i've hung out with in person so this is it's good for it's all good for me <laughs> that is true so we've actually uh, both me and dan have actually seen tony in real life person um which which is great right? i'm just as cool in person as i am and i seemingly come across online i hope <laughs> yeah so that can be confirmed <laughs> <laughs> so what we thought with uh, with a massive uh, big fish like tony gentlecore coming on our show um we would delve into all of the stuff that I think a lot of people know him for and also some stuff that um, in 2017 what's going to be big any kind of assessments any kind of fitness get him kind of fitness assessments industry Star Wars anything that kind of comes up um, I think yes. <laughs> I think uh, with anything like that we're not going to waste our time talking about nutrition down this podcast sorry um, no, yeah. I, well, I did say to you before coming on, Tom, I said, is there any point in me coming? But Because I, I think it's just going to be... Uh, if people want to listen to you speak, Tony. They don't, wanna, they don't care for us. Like They listen to us all the time. I came, I, came on, I came on to listen to talk about intermittent fasting. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> Nobody talk all day about, about that. that. Yeah. But it, it, we've kind of bored to death, I think, with that one. We've bored oh, yeah, that, that, was, that was 2012 or whatever it was. So <laughs> we're, we're past that. It's like, yeah, it works. Yeah, it's been a deficit. Carry on. It's fine. Yeah, it's <laughs> exactly. That's all the that's all the nutrition industry is, Dan. I'll keep posting about that. Just being a calorie deficit, you're okay. That's all you guys I mean, talk it's, about. It's, like, it's it's the most simple thing in the world. Right? It's just people still people still well, mess you it know, up. It's funny that you okay. Now that we're out talking about yeah, nutrition, right? <laughs> so I I I two weeks ago, right before Christmas, I switched banks. So there's a bank that opened right across the street from where my wife and I live. And I was like, all right. And it's, a, it's a, like a local regional bank. It's not this big conglomerate, huge bank. So I was like, screw those guys. I'm done with them. I'm going to go to the small bank. And uh, of course, eventually the, the conversation comes, oh, what do you do? I'm a trainer. I'm a strength coach. And then, of course, from there it goes like, oh, so what should I be eating? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, eat less. Like, you know, it's like um, I was just actually in there today. Cause I had to make a deposit and they're very friendly over there. And he, he started talking to me about, um, I forgot the name of the diet, but he says it's very Atkins. Like, um, we're basically like, Oh, I, I'm taking away all carbs. Is that good? And I was like, really anything that you're going to do is going to work as long as there's a caloric deficit. Um, I, I, what I did tell him, I was like, I'm not a fan of like automatically assuming that all carbs are bad all the time. I think we've been programmed. Many people have been programmed to think that, and I was like, eventually, like it'd be it'd be nice for you to figure out like what works best for you, what works well for you. Like I don't think you have to omit an entire food group long term, <laughs> um, but uh, 
but yeah, it's just it's funny how the the conver- the the conversation of the topic of nutrition always. I don't know how it is for you guys, but if you meet new people and they find out what you do, it's like, yo, how do I lose weight or what do I have to do? What do I have to eat? I'm like, I don't know you. I don't know <laughs> what you think. Like, I'm sorry, but yeah, it's it's one of those where you're a trainer. You didn't even mention nutrition, and they asked you about it. Imagine what it is when you go, oh yeah, I'm a nutrition coach. Oh yeah, my god, I, like, I don't. I just don't go out the house. Like, I don't. <laughs> I don't honestly like even with what I do now. Like if people ask me i'm like i just i defer I, I punt to somebody else like if you want to talk nutrition uh i have plenty of people in boston that would be able would be more than happy to help you like i'm cool with like giving like small suggestions and like yeah maybe you could you know eat a little bit more protein at breakfast or maybe try this after your workout um but i'm nowhere i i don't touch like meal plans or anything like that like i'm just like nope that's not, I'm not. I'm not touching that. So you want to. You want to discuss that. I'm going to punt somebody else. Yeah. As far as my. Uh, as far as my family and friends are concerned, I'm an accountant. So. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. So let's let's actually talk about something Tony's shit hot at, and uh, not talk about nutrition. All right. Cool. <laughs> yeah, cool. All right. So what we thought we've got a nice little plan, just like we have when we have a guest on. Um, so we're going to talk about the first kind of thing. So me and Dan have seen Mr. Tony Gentlecourt and his good friend Dean Somerset. I guess it's a workshop. We didn't see you perform live, if that's a weird phrase. Oh, to it's, use. A, it's a show. It's a, show. <laughs> it's a great show. You bounce off each other really well. So, and yeah, both incredibly funny when you go through any of your uh, workshop stuff. So, um, and also, obviously, we we did a kind of uh, we talked about it with Lisa as well, Tony's wife, who joined us a couple of weeks ago. Um, uh, with his strong mind, strong body stuff that he came over to kindly do uh, over in London. So what we also took away a hell of a lot through, so Tony's an awesome strength coach and worked with a lot of athletes, worked with a hell of a lot of general pop and probably one of the biggest general pop mm-hmm. guys that I know. Um, so what we'd like to talk about is a little bit on, I guess, kind of two, three years ago when we saw you with Dean and you're still doing it now and you've you've released your um, complete hip and complete shoulder kind of mobility and assessment guide, I guess, over yep. the last like yep. over the last six months, right? So yeah. um, I'd love to you to dive into um, maybe assessments that you kind of advise or that you go through um, for the hip assessments you kind of advise and go through through your shoulder and just talk about it, the ins and outs of maybe doing them with uh with clients essentially yeah um i mean that's that's a, a big ass topic <laughs> yeah <laughs> which i take favorite which one. i take two days to talk about Tom, <laughs> by the way no uh, <laughs> uh you know, now that I'm on my own, right? So when I was at Krusty Sports Performance, we had a very kind of specific um, diet or specific checklist we would have. So, you know, because we worked with a lot of overhead athletes and a lot of baseball players, and um, we had to take in consideration the the unique demands of the sport, uh, we had to be a little bit more specific with with our assessments in particular are looking at the shoulders. So we were looking at internal external rotation and upward rotation of the scapula and how well or how well they don't do anything. Um, now that I'm with my, uh, on my own and working more general fitness clients, I'll still look at a lot of that stuff. Cause I, I do want to see how, what, what their shoulder blades are doing. Cause to me, and it's a very arbitrary number I'm going to toss out there. I have no scientific research to back out, back up what I'm about to say. Um, 
anytime somebody comes in with a shoulder issue, like they're talking about their rotator cuff or whatever, they're pointing to the front of their shoulder or wherever on their shoulder, 99% of the time, what I have found is that the culprit is usually what's happening on the back. So what, what, what are the shoulder blades doing or what are they not doing? Um, so I'm always, you know, it sounds creepy, but I'm like, Hey, let's take your shirt off. <laughs> right. And within the first 10 minutes, I'm like, take your shirt off. Let's do this. Um, uh, I, I say it very professionally, of course, yeah. but, um, I want to see, okay, what, what are those guys doing? Because, um, you be, it, it, it actually amazes me how many times I've had people come in athletes when I was at Cressy sports performance and even now where someone repeatedly would have shoulder issues and they would go to, uh, X number of physios or physical therapists or whatever, um, n- almost all the time. They, they, they never said, oh, yeah, they, they looked at my shoulder blades. They told me this and that. And it almost never happened, which boggles my mind. Um, I'm just a lowly strength coach. And, and I, I feel like sometimes I give a more thorough assessment than a lot of physios, which, you know, shouldn't happen. But, uh, but that's also a, a congregate of, like, the people I'm surrounded with. So I, 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 I'm very lucky in that my network is – a lot of smart coaches and people and you know I've learned from them and I, I, I kind of have an eye of what I, what I need to look at but um, in a general sense like with shoulders I'm really just looking at someone's ability to get their arms overhead and what kind of compensations happen so um, you know we're talking in general fitness we're talking a lot about CrossFit um, and people doing a lot of stuff overhead and they're just not um, moving well enough to do that um, they compensate they bring their arms overhead and they're 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 compensating through the lumbar spine. They got forward head posture, and a lot of that is due to lack of upward rotation or the ability of the shoulder blade to move up with in conjunction with what the arm is doing. So um, a lot of people are kind of stuck, and, and their 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 shoulder blades are kind of glued in place, and they lack that movement. Um, my job is to try to figure out okay why why don't they have good movement there, and what can I do to kind of fix that and then we can worry about okay snatches and you know jerks and and push presses and stuff like and kipping pull-ups and stuff like that overhead so um uh almost every assessment i do is looking at that i'm just having people stand there they they they, they put their arms in a neutral position and they bring their hands overhead and i'm looking to see um what and it, that that's a it's a test that's not like a pass fail like a lot of times people make a mistake they look at somebody's hands oh yeah you got your hands overhead you're you're good no you're trying to see are the shoulder blades actually moving properly and then where are they compensating so a lot of times I don't know if you guys have seen it a lot like say a lower back person comes in they they complain of low back pain and of course they're going to be like what's wrong with my lower back can you fix my lower back and a lot of times I would tell them it has nothing to do with your lower back. Um, it has everything to do with your your lats are so tight that and you can't move your arms overhead because think about it every time they do anything overhead what do they crank into when, when they don't lack when they when they lack that range of motion they crank through the lumbar spine they go into lumbar extension you guys have seen those guys you like uh, we I literally had this conversation today with uh, two guys that are in basically my mentorship academy program and yeah one guy um, basically we we'll, we we'll, I was 
it'll be going it, it would have been out by now but um when this comes out but um put, trying to change somebody's squat pan and he's in massive just sitting in extension the whole time he's just completely switched on mm-hmm. and we were talking about how to how to kind of nullify it and change his posture and stuff like that and then 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 i was standing next to a, a guy who did a lot of biomechanics stuff and we were just like all right well doesn't everybody at some point no matter walk of life complain about back pain and it's like you've got like granny who's eight years old complains of black pain it's like it's probably not your back all right is it gonna be like anybody who's like mid train to train will complain about back pain and then there's athletes that complain about lower back pain i was like maybe it's not all like all the same and they keep looking in the same spots which we were griping that one of the physios for him he had a client that just complained about lower back pain the whole time. And the physio was like, "Yeah, we gotta, we gotta just brace the core, and that'll sort out your back." And we're like, oh, "Well, maybe it's not." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a little bit more, a little bit more deeper than that. Yeah. <laughs> but that for some people, but honestly, for some people, that is correct. Mm. I mean, it, it always depends. I mean, no assessment that I do is the same. Like, yeah, I have. There is a checklist that I like to refer to. Like, I have my little sheet of paper, and it has what everything written down. Um, but. My, my assessments will go off the beaten track as need be, depending on what information they're telling me, like what hurts, you know, their training experience, like their injury history, like that, that always is going to dictate what path I'm going to go down. But a lot of times it is me kind of explaining to them, like, you know, yeah, you might, and you know, Tom, yeah, you might have your issues at this little location, but something over here is what might be causing it. And I always say might, I don't say... I'm not, I, I never say this is the case because I'm not diagnosing anything. Again, I'm a, I'm a lowly strength coach. Like I'm not, I'm not a physio. I'm not a chiropractor. I'm not an athletic trainer. I'm not qualified to diagnose anything, but you can sure as shit that I know a good movement and my eyes don't lie to me because I've been doing it for so long that I can, I can kind of sort of figure out, okay, this is kind of what I think might be happening. Um, I'll start, I'll start thinking about what correctives I want to do, what, what progressions I want to do with their training. And then usually I'm, I am referring them to somebody to actually quantify that or to actually diagnose it. And then, and then I'm just kind of exchanging notes. Um, the funniest thing I think about some, some trainers with, with assessments as well, just to give my little, um, bit is that, and this is something you're going to, you're going to realize in a couple of years, Tony, is that. I, the other day, had lower back pain, and I was like, shit, what have I done? I was like, I've not done anything. Like, what's going on? I was carrying my 18-month-old baby home from town, and like, I sit on my hip. and oh, I, I go see into what my, you just like, did there. About having a baby soon. Yeah, I see what you did yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was just sat in lumbar, uh, lumbar flexion, just sat there like that. Like, I was like, and, I got, and I realized, I was like, yeah, it's because I carried it all the way home. It's like a 20-minute walk, and I was picking up more than usual. And... Again, it comes back to the basics for trainers is they don't ask the simple question. Like a train, like I could have gone to see a trainer the next day and gone, oh, I've got a bit of lower back pain. And I guarantee you, sure as shit, that they'll tell me something that is totally irrelevant. And they won't ask me like, oh, have you done any lifting that you've not usually done for a while? And it goes back down to like the assessments of like not even like, – like you guys did it at Crestie Performance. It's like you understand the athlete and their lifestyle, so you kind of know what they're doing in terms of their, their sport. So you know they're sure. doing a lot of stuff. but. I used to get it all the time is I used to see trainers do an assessment with someone and go, oh, yeah, it's because, you know, it's because you're, you're doing this, it's because you're doing that. And it's like, no, it's nothing to do with their squat technique. It's because they're sat at a desk all day. Like, yeah. you're just totally taking the wrong thing. You're going, oh, your movement patterns are all off. You know, your glutes aren't firing. And I'm like, no, they're just 
don't they just don't stand upright they just don't sit upright when they're at a desk yeah. and sometimes people jump on movement without even thinking about you know, like tom's just done it there like just <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. it's like the basics they just want to jump on something that's so advanced and like oh yeah, yeah that's, they that's can't reach your head and it's like stop trying to impress people and just yeah. go back to the real basics of it and you'll find out a lot more information than trying these fancy things that they you know they try and do because they've seen it on YouTube. It's, yeah, it's, that that is actually uh, something that's very prolif- prolific nowadays with trainers is that they try they're 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 trying to like one up each other and then doing stuff that sounds cool and fancy and um, you know I, honestly like when when people watch me do an assessment like I feel like mine's pretty thorough like I'm looking at range of motion I'm looking at like going into the hips like I'm looking at their ability to in- internally and externally rotate the hip and you know how much hip flexion do they have and doing that general hip scour that uh, Dr. Stuart McGill would, would, would take people through um, and then I and then I'm I, the poking and prodding stuff really only takes me five to ten minutes depending on the person Right. And then because my objective for the test, if like I had a gentleman come in two weekends ago who had the mobility of a crowbar. Right. I don't even know what that even means, but <laughs> it wasn't good. Right. And I could have sit there. I could have sat there for 10 minutes and, and tested his range of motion on adductor length and hip flexion and psoas weakness and no glutes and um, and, and the, just told about how much of a walking ball of fail he was for 10 minutes. And that, that, and what, what is that, how is that going to help me? And like, he's going to feel like, whoa, I'm like, uh, this guy is like just beating me down already. Like he's telling me I'm, I'm, I'm bad at this. I'm bad at that. I'm bad at this. Like, um, no, like I, I want from there, I, I'm going to get them moving. Like, let's go, let's go look at what your squat, whatever that may, whatever that may be. Right. Let's look at it. Let's look at your lunge. Let's look at your push up. Let's look at your hip hinge. Um, and make it kind of a, a a fake training session, right? So they kind of get a little bit of a flavor of what a train what what can they expect when they come in and actually train. And then I'm coaching them up, like so. This gentleman in particular, I was like, okay, let's look at your squat. I'm not, and I like to be a fly in the wall when I'm doing the initial assessment. Like I, I try not to be too coachy on day one because I just want to see what they do. Right. I want to say I want you to stand there and I want you to squat down as low as you can. I'm not going to tell them where I want their feet to go, what I want their chest to do or anything like that. I just say squat down. And then it was God awful. Right. So, uh, of course, I didn't say that. But I was like, okay. And then the most important question, really, after I, I do any assessment or introduce any new exercise is where did you feel that or how did that feel? Right. Again, it goes into interviewing the client, keeping them. I think it's important to keep the person a a part of the assessment. It's not just me blabbering on for an hour. Like I want them to feel like they're part of me figuring shit out and they they feel a little bit more uh, connected to the process and a little bit more accountability. And it's just and it's building that rapport. Right. So I'm like, how did that feel? He's like, oh, you know, it's okay. Like I feel a little bit in my knees and. Um, I was like, yeah. And I, and I jokingly was like, yeah, you know, it didn't look too good on my end, but let's see if we can fix that. Right. So all I was like, Hey, bring your feet out a little bit. And this time when you squat down, just try really, just try a little bit more effort to push your knees out a little bit more. And we're going to do, we're going to do a little reaching pattern too. So when you squat down, I want you to reach forward with your hands, right. To ask to access a little counterbalance. He did it. And it was like night and day of like what the squat looked like. Cause now he was, he was loading his hips his knees weren't caving in. Um, he was like, whoa, he got way lower. Um, 
you know, it's just, and it, and it, all it took me was like me shutting my mouth for a couple minutes. Right. And just asking him some questions and then, and just me like spewing out like one or two, like quick little hard hitting cues. And I, and we, we fixed his body weight squat. Like tomorrow, his, tomorrow is, is his actual first session. You know, we'll figure, we'll see how that goes. But, <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, like my assessment process, again, one, it, it is never the same. Like I have my checklist, but really every assessment is different depending on, you know, somebody coming in with lower back stuff or somebody coming in with a shoulder hurting or somebody's coming in with knee pain or whatever the case may be. Like I'm looking at different stuff and, but I am getting on and them on the table. I'm doing a Thomas test and a drop test and looking at hip range of motion and doing that hip scour to try to see like, okay, where, where do I see pelvic motion? And like, maybe that's going to give me an idea of like, what would be an appropriate squat stance for them? Do a rock back test to see like where, where they get lumbar movement and, and what, as they go into deeper hip flexion. And then, and then we, we kind of take that, we do a passive test and I, I have them do it actively where they actually do a squat and I see if they match. Right. And then if they don't, then I'm like, oh, well, that's 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 interesting. Is it a stability issue? Is it the novelty of the exercise? And that's that's the important part is me getting them on the gym floor and then just having them move and exercise. Like I want to see basic movements like a push up, a hip hinge. Like I'm not loading them on day one. Rarely. I mean, sometimes I do. But, um, you know, and I think that, again, I just think that's such a, a, a an undervalued component of assessment that a lot of trainers miss on because they're they're too concerned with using big words and showing showing them like yeah you don't have yeah your your hip range of motion is horrible we got to work on that and that's why it's causing your low back you don't know the what the fuck is causing your low back pain like no one knows like no one <laughs> like um i think yeah, i've so, seen it in assessments before where yeah. it's just it's just like you've seen someone do a perfect overhead squat i've seen it happen perfect yeah. overhead squat like absolutely nothing wrong with it and like, and then the trainer then do the bunch of tests, including like a, yeah, calf, like a calf like, flexibility test. I'm like, yeah. why do you give a fuck what his calf, how flexible his calves are? Have you seen his squat? He doesn't need to worry about it. Yeah. It's not a problem. Honestly, that's, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Like, oh, that's such a great point. If I, I honestly, if I, if I see somebody, you know, I'll have them do a, like a toe touch, right? And if they, if they go palms to the floor, do you think I really have to do the rest of the bait and laxity score? Probably not. Like they're they're probably hypermobile, right? And I'm just like I don't need any more. I don't need to go any deeper. And if they yeah, if they can demonstrate a beautiful squat right out of the get go, like I don't need to test their ankle dorsiflexion or their big toe flexion or anything like that. That's such a great point. You know, it's it's uh, it's a lot of wasted time with assessments when I just feel like the assessment should be an actual fake training session i think you, you know, know and then and we that outlined it as like uh we we're talking about it and essentially assessment could could be just your warm-up if if every single time yeah. you've got your client you do your assessment is your assessment is a warm-up and then you can take them through that most of the guys will will feel pretty warm from that that's that's yeah. one, one of the ways that i start to do it is because you're checking everything anyway so you, there's no reason why you can't do a squat yeah. overhead squat push up trx row hinge yep. and then suddenly all right you've done kind of a full body warm-up already done ticked off all right that, that was you assessed as well um yeah. and also referring back to because i think dan had a massive grin on your face his face when um you talked about basically talking to the client and kind of going through showing them success and stuff like that because we drive home uh quite a lot on this show about obviously we can be the shit 
the the best trainer like have all this knowledge degrees on the wall master degrees biomechanics strength snc but if we don't get to know the fucking person then they're never mm-hmm. gonna do anything for you and never gonna work with you exactly. i think dan dan does it probably talks about it passionate as anybody i think yeah, yeah, I think it's, it's it's with, like, Lisa coming on was a prime example of it as well. Like, just your language and, like, how you say it. So, like you said there, you know, you said you'd ask the client, where do you feel it? And the amount of times I hear someone say, did you feel it in your glutes? They're going to say yes, whether they did or they didn't, because you've just told them where they should be feeling it. So, for you, like you said, that was an open-ended question. It's brilliant. And then the one that the reason I smiled is that the question I always got back is, that is that right? It's like, well, there's no right or wrong. Like, they, every, all your clients want to be right. They all want to be doing it perfectly. So, you know, if you, if you say, where do you feel it? And they go, oh, I felt it in my knees. Is that right? And you go, well, yeah, but we can we can make sure you feel it, you know, where we want you to feel it. And yeah, exactly. it's, those, it's those questions that, for me, can make or break a, a training relationship with a client without fail. Like, that first session, you're making a first impression. And if you're telling someone, like you said, so if that conversation went differently and, you know, I said to, to the client, oh, did you feel it in your glutes? They were, and they let's say they said no. And you then went, oh, that's not good. <laughs> like straight away like straight away they feel like they're shit like straight yeah, away yeah. And yeah, yeah. Ra- rather than it's your job to make them feel it in the glutes it's your job to like you say push your knees out sit back put your hands out in front of you um yeah. and it's just it that's the thing that frustrates me in the industry is that the reason i think the standard is at entry level in my opinion fairly poor is because they people aren't taught that at pt school they're literally taught these are glutes these are hamstrings this is a lower back uh, if the lower back hurts, then you can't do this, this, and this. It's like, what, what, what? Like, it's the 20th, 21st century. Like, can we not, yeah. like, come up with some better education to help these people, like, think about how they coach people better? And it's the soft skills of coaching that, for me, are lacking. And you've just touched on all of them there in the assessment. And one of them is that one. But then the second one for me is exactly that is your assessment process is not tests one to 20 and you have to complete them all. No. It is, I don't even do the whole thing sometimes. Like, yeah, I, I, like, after a while, I'm just like, no, we're good. Let's let's go work yeah, out. Yeah, like, you know, there's some there's some clients you see move, and you just go, you know what? Like, you can move. Let's go train. And it's literally yeah. like, <laughs> right, you can do a body weight, you know, Bulgarian split squat. I guarantee you, whether you whether we can load it or not, I can give I can get you a good workout doing that. So I think, like, that could be your first. What was what was because uh, me and Luke Webinton have created an assessment protocol for the whole of the first base, and we're starting to get everybody to do it, and they're starting to learn it, and they've realised, oh shit, that yeah, that makes sense. Because at the yeah. end of the day, when we're building like our exercise programs and the program you're going to write, I think maybe Contreras said it when we went and saw him Dan, and. He was just like, actually, all my clients get pull-ups, all of my clients get squats, all of my clients get deadlifts, all of my clients get pushes, all of my clients do this. I was like, why the fuck have I got all of these random assessments that when I'm going to program these in anyway, why don't I just check they can do these? Um, (laughs) That's that's honestly a valid point too because I'm I'm basically the same way. Like My clients are going to deadlift, they're going to squat, they're going to whatever – um, I guess where I would add a little bit of an addendum to that is like my assessment is telling me what variation yeah. of those movements that we're going to do, right? So, um, you know, sometimes like a, a front squat is going to be better suited than a back squat based off some of the leverages and like just, uh, like torso lengths and stuff like that. And what, what uh, you know, they lack hip mobility. So why not trap our deadlift? We're not. We're just not gonna. We're just not gonna pull from a straight bar off the floor on day one. So, um, but yeah, you're yeah, right. It's, like, it's just where it fits on that progression regression continuum, and it is literally like you say. It's end of the day. If someone can't hip hinge, it's not like I'm never gonna want them to deadlift. I'm just gonna have to train them to do it. And yeah. and 
I remember when we read the article, it was kind of like one of those moments for a lot of the trainers that I speak to and try and help out is like a, it was one of those read this because it makes so much sense and it is so simple, but it's so true. It's, you know what? Every single one of my clients has done some kind of squat. Now, whether it's a squat we're holding onto a TRX, it's still a squat with a counterbalance weight to it. And you're always going to try and progress them through the, through the continuum at some point. Um, and yeah, just like at what point has, like you say, you know, measuring an adductor length, or an adductor stretch ever really kind of, you know, made any kind of relevance to how how you pick an exercise. It's probably more yeah. to do with hip mobility, um, you know, and calf flexibility and, and kind of what their squat looks like as to which yeah. one you're going to pick rather than like the exact degrees at which they can move. It's just a bit, mm. at what point is it just sort of you're taking them through these tests for the sake of looking clever? So with that, you, you mentioned the word hip mobility, and I think we can, we can move on to what also Tony has started to be a big founder of is the flow drills. Uh, is yeah. something you've started, uh, I think, a movement on, quite literally. Yeah. Um, so there's the movement. There's no pun intended. There, yeah. well, that, was, that was class, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so like movement, uh, like flow patterns. So you and Dean, yeah. um, I mean, we, we did them with you in the workshop, right? That two day thing we did. In London. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yep. So yep. if there's Dean, Dean, Dean is sneaky, right? You, yeah. you look at a guy like Dean, who's, you know, six, two, maybe six, three. Uh, I've shared a hotel room with him enough. I should know like, his, I, 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 <laughs> I don't know his body in that much detail, but, um, <laughs> you know, he's six, two, 230 pounds. He's a big dude. Um, you look at a guy like that walking in a room, he's like, there's no way this guy can move well. Uh, and he, he does move very well. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> um, not. Because when, yeah. when he does the, the flow drills, um, it makes a lot of people look bad. <laughs> uh, and you know, he, he's actually one of the guys, he along with uh, Max Shank, um, are two guys, Max, Max in particular, like that guy's, uh, I think he has like a five minute flow series that he, he does either weekly or every, every so often during the week. And, you know, talk about a freak of nature. That guy yeah. is uh, on another level, but I think it's been, it's been cool because when it comes to warming up, uh, most people would rather jump into a live volcano than to actually do a warm up and, uh, I, and <laughs> let's be honest as coaches we're kind of the same way like you know we tell our people we tell our clients and athletes yeah you gotta do these drills before you train and warm up and how important it is but you know and I know and everyone else knows that when we go in and train and we're short on time we're not warming up we're just going to the barbell and we're you know if, if squats are on the agenda today we're just squatting with lower weight to warm up and we're building <laughs> up so um, but what I like about the flow drills is that it kind of expedites the process and um and it's it's a lot less monotonous and like eye rolly you know it's just it's, and it really is a template like there's really no right or wrong way to do it and um you know guys like max shank uh andrew spina uh dean which i think he got a lot of his stuff from dr spina's course um you know i think it's it's definitely uh it just makes it it makes the warm-up a little less uh um painful um, I mean that in a boring sense, not that yeah. it, not that a warm up is, is painful, <laughs> but it, and it just makes it, it just expedites it, and like it, just, and you're getting everything. Like you're not just, you're not just doing a glute bridge, yeah. Like you're not just doing uh, a hip external rotation drill. Like you're doing everything in a flowy pattern. So um, yeah, I think that's one of those trends that isn't really a trend. I, I don't, I think it's just something that 
makes a lot of sense and um, something I've been playing around with myself and uh, and obviously a lot of other coaches feel the same way yeah i mean like the the one we took away probably biggest you start with like a hinge you flow through basically turn to your hips and then we end up basically in a half kneel coming up to full standing or like dean yeah. actually i tried one with uh one of my like a 60 year old two-year-old client and did that drill but kept her in a squat as she passed for it back through for her kneel and then t- yeah. took it back down to the hinge and she was like Oh, that's class. And I was like, well, yeah, well, we, we, we've warmed everything up the kind of lower body that we needed to and had you bracing. Yeah. It's class. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> it was just like, I don't have to spend, don't always have to spend time doing, yeah, your glute bridge and now you've got your ductal banded walks, your monster walks, then right. kickbacks and then, all right, then we'll do a clams. Now we do this. And it's like, oh, right. yeah. These, and it's dependent. Yeah. Like some people, some people do need that. For sure. Uh, yeah. more, more isolated stuff. Um, but, after after a certain point, you know, like taking into consideration injury history or any correctors they need to be doing, like the flow stuff is money. Um, I just think it gets people a little bit more jazzed up and excited to do it, <laughs> um, which then kind of bleeds into their workout anyways. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's a good fit for a lot of people. So and I would just recommend that if people aren't familiar, they just look up Max Shank, look up Dean. Um, I, I, I'm sure you guys probably know a few other people that are doing it that have a lot of those cool videos out there, but yeah, it's pretty cool stuff. Yeah. Go do it and do it for like five minutes and then guaranteed yeah. even, even like ourselves, me, Tony, Dan, we do it and you're going to be sweaty after about five minutes. It's just one of those things yeah. that, yeah, you don't really realize what you're doing until you're doing it. Right. Um, <laughs> one minute, <sorry>. yeah. <laughs> one yeah. minute for Dan. It's one minute, mate. That's all I need. It's, it's, I'm like, it's, I'm like, <laughs> one minute, I'm like, I was doing it for one minute. I'm like, that's got to be five minutes. You're like, oh, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to warm up. You're bodybuilding. Yeah, absolutely fine. So you're right. Um, cool. So I think moving on industry-wise um, is a great topic to just go over because there's a lot of like avenues that I know you've kind of worked in, commented in, looked at, and use, take lots of bits from. I think I said it... Um, to Dan before, and I've said it, I think, to Luke. I think out of anybody in the industry, I think Tony is, is probably the one guy to look for who is probably the best in the world at recognizing good stuff. Um, you're, you're, um, and, I, I'm the best in the world or something? That's great. <laughs> I, I think there's also been a, an amazing coach, but you, you know exactly what works, and you'll be like, that guy's doing awesome work. I'm going to take well, exactly that from, or you're very good at referring to like, this guy's shit hot. I know this much. I can take you this far. Or, and then yeah. this, this guy's. So you'd easily, I think we we're, were talking about it when we did our workshop, and I was like, yeah, you it's like everybody he's ever recommended has always been good. So therefore, he must be looking at people who are yeah, good. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I, well, thank you. That's a very high compliment. <laughs> and I think, uh, um, I mean, yeah, number one, I think giving credit to people is important. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think I do a very good job of that. <laughs> and, uh, um, you know, I just feel like I, I, if, I think what that really speaks to is I, I'm pretty open-minded. Like I, I, I don't, I don't corner myself into any one way of doing anything. And that's actually one of my biggest pet peeves in the industry is when a coach or a trainer or an article or a video, they go on this diatribe about like, you know, this is how you have to coach the squat. And if you don't do it this way, you're an idiot. And, you know, I, I, no, I, I think that's garbage. Yeah. Um, not everyone is 
the same. No one, we don't all have the same bony structure, anatomy, leverages, goals. Um, it's just, it's just a stupid mentality to have. And, um, you know, and I guess it goes really again to that famous Bruce Lee quote where it's, you know, accept what is useful, disregard what's not. So, um, if I read an article or a, an ebook or watch a video, am I going to agree with every little thing somebody says? No. I mean, there were times where I disagreed with Eric, um, and that's fine. Um, and there's times I disagree with Jen Sinkler and there's times I disagree with my wife and no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, but you know, I, I find, I always find value in like, oh yeah. Like even if it's like a, 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 a cue or just an exercise and I'm just like, yeah, I really like that. I'm, I'm going to try it out myself and I'm going to see what client it fits with and we're going to roll with that. And you know, that goes with assessment and it goes with coaching and it goes with, you know, programming. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think if more people just were more open-minded and not such pompous assholes and thinking that they know everything, um, you know, I, I don't know. Like I, so anyways, I, I'm glad to know that I come across as somebody who yeah, you <laughs> isn't, isn't that like yeah. I, you know, I, I, cause I, I find that unfortunate when that happens and you know, there, there are a lot of great coaches that I, I respect their work and what they've done and who they've worked with and the material they've put out. But then I lose a lot of respect when they become this ornery asshole and, and just like put people down because they disagree with them or say like, yeah, you know, this is how I do it. So this is how you should do it. And it's just, I, I I'm not, I'm not down with that. And, um, yeah, I think that's yeah. That's about all I have to say about yeah, that. It's, it's not cool. It's, it's, it's generally bad to look like that. Okay. Awesome, guys. So that was the end of part one. So grab a listen to part two next week, or head over to YouTube this week or next week part one and look two. Um, we next week we have Tony's views on how to do good business as a trainer, setting up his own facility, and what he really thinks about free sessions. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Check you next week.